This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When everybody was lusting after you when Into the Heights came out, I was like, this man looks like a damn amphibian. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Madison Malone Kircher. You're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. Welcome back, Madison. Thank you so much. I'm back. I'm in New York. I put up my Christmas tree, which is to say I'm as happy as I am all year. I mean, it is the most wonderful time of the year. And unlike Madison, I'm not actually talking about Christmas. I'm talking about Spotify rap season. I unironically love this shit. It's so fun. But this year's is even better because so many of y'all tagged us on Twitter and Instagram saying that we were y'all's most listened to podcast. And I was just the human embodiment of the pleading eye emoji where I was just like, oh. Spotify wrapped is, uh, if you're not familiar, at the end of every year, Spotify neatly packages all the data it's harvested about you, your most listened to tracks, your favorite artists, what those things say about you. This year they gave an aura reading and they hand it over to users in nicely shareable, pretty little images that we all then tweet and post on Instagram. And it's a giant ad. Spotify, I tip my Mm -hmm. hat. Honestly, they made surveillance culture cute. And for that, we must respect them. I don't really love or hate Spotify Wrapped. I'm kind of neutral about it. But some of you really need to know that hating on Spotify Wrapped is not a personality. It's not a personality. I don't understand why people hate seeing other people happy. I love, I mean, I love personality tests. So this is just the best version of personality tests. And it's like hating astrology or Mayor's Briggs. Like, let people live. (laughs) Plus, most people are just telling on themselves. It's always a little embarrassing. And to that end, we'd like to shout out the people who expose themselves as our biggest ICYMI guys. So shout out to Sarah and Jennifer on Instagram and Charlotte, Abby, Jasmine, Bethany, Kevin, Courtney, Lila, Mirka, and Christian on Twitter. We love you guys. It's like the the reindeer names, Donner and Dasher. Prancer, Bethany, Kevin, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was like, I don't know any of the rest, so I was really hoping you'll pick back up because this feels like your season. <laughs> but anyway, that's enough earnest talk. Time to get back to doing what I do best, which is roasting the absolute fuck out of people. We will be unwrapping our own Spotify top list at the end of the show. So yes, what Rachel's saying is true. Uh, the roast is coming. But first, there's some messy, messy mess coming out of TikTok that I simply cannot wait a moment longer to talk about. In case you uh, missed it, Anthony Ramos and Jasmine Safis-Jones have split up. Love is dead. It is. They were in game. I'm going to play audience surrogate and say, Anthony Ramos and Jasmine Safis-Jones whoomst? For the uninformed, Ramos and Safis-Jones are both actors who starred in the original Broadway cast of Hamilton. And if you don't know what Hamilton it is, please email me. bastard. Or, oh, we're not, okay, for legal reasons, I cannot perform any more of that. Um, Yes, Lin-Manuel Miranda is waiting with a cease and desist. The two have been dating since 2015, which is when the Broadway play opened, and their relationship was followed, shipped, faded by the stars and a lot of original Hamilton fans, because what do nerds love more than when cast members of their favorite thing date? 
They got engaged in 2018, again, look like Endgame, until a recent scandal involving a viral TikTok, a strip club, and some amateur investigators. Who had that on their bingo card? Honestly, pretty much anybody, I'm going to be honest. A strip club is the site of a lot of, a lot of shit. If two of those things sound familiar to you, uh, thank you so much for listening to our show. And uh, yes, you'd be correct. That is exactly how both the Couch Guy saga and the Gabby Petito case got off the ground. Ramos's alleged, I'm going to say alleged because we still don't know what happened and we probably never will. But his alleged infidelity came as a surprise to most observers as a relationship with Safest Jones. Not least because she's stunning. And he's a fool. Allegedly. An alleged fool. (laughs) An alleged fool. Sorry. But mostly because Ramos hasn't exactly been shy about publicly posting about his relationship with her. The two were never married. They They had a long engagement. But it's not exactly a stretch to describe Ramos as a wife guy. You don't have to be married to be a wife guy. And Anthony Ramos, wife guy. Which only further galvanized TikTok's loose in their investigation. After the break, we're going to take y'all through the allegedly damning evidence that has allegedly led to Ramos and Safest Jones' alleged split. That one's actually real. They have actually split. And how TikTok's commitment to unmasking Ramos as a alleged cheater isn't a one-off case, but part of a larger obsession on the app with exposing infidelity. We'll be back, allegedly, after the break. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, I'm journalist Sam Sanders. I'm poet Saeed Jones. And I'm producer Zach Stafford. And we are the hosts of a podcast called Vibe Check. On Vibe Check, we talk about everything. News, culture, and entertainment, and how it all feels. That's right. We talk about any and everything on our show, from real-life issues like grief to music and movie critiques. And that barely scratches the surface. Yes, indeed. And it doesn't stop there. We have got a lot to say. So join our group chat, Come to Life. Follow and listen to Vibe Check wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back and ready to grab our pipes and our deerstalker caps and our magnifying glasses. Wait, except our what? Deerstalker caps. It's what Sherlock Holmes wears, the little, like, plaid cap with the side flaps that tie up over his head. The name is deerstalker? <laughs> yeah, I think it's, like, originally a hunting cap. I don't actually know that, but etymologically, I'm I just I mean, that makes here. sense, but, like... <laughs> I mean, if it doesn't refer to hunting, then I'm really scared about what else a deerstalking hat <laughs> just, is you used know, for. Bambi's got it out for him. Better watch out. Except we don't actually need any of those props because uh, TikTok's already done all of the sleuthing for us. So the Ramos saga began with an account. The handle is DearJane1. And they basically share just a shit ton of celeb blind items about undisclosed name of UFC fighter or DJ or actor. The TikTok that's about Ramos just describes him as a Latino actor. I feel like we should also note that we are in a post-demois economy. There are so many 
quote unquote blind items that are just roaming the internet on fact check and totally false. Kind of incredible that this panned out. Yeah, I mean, every single time it's like, this celebrity was spotted with this person. I'm just like, I'm going to file that away for potential maybe fact, but mostly just to bring up at a party. So the original TikTok by at Dear Jane One is our favorite kind of TikTok here on ICYMI uh, because it's only music with text on screen. So here's one from Gabby Whiting with a quick summary of the drama. If you are a... Mm, sorry, Rachel, a Hamill fan, uh, this is all going to seem extremely Reynolds pamphlet. Breaking news, Anthony Ramos and Jasmine Cephas Jones have ended their engagement. They were together for six years. They met during Hamilton. But how this news broke is what's interesting. Yesterday, a woman who works in a strip club uploaded a video on TikTok talking about when she was working, how he came in with a girl who was not Jasmine and was all over her. She included a little video of them at the end. He didn't specify any names, but needless to say, the TikTok investigators figured it out. Clearly, some damage control needed to be done, and People Magazine released this article this morning. The devil works hard, but messy TikTok works harder. So that's an example of the TikToks that circulated after the news broke. It's a fairly serious one, but it's TikTok, so people can't help but make a shit ton of jokes. So here's one from actually one of my favorite TikTokers, whose screen name is Wakanda on the Weekends. Just like your damn daddy. Am I surprised? Not in the slightest. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. You did say you wanted to be like your father. I'll give you that. But we thought you was going to be some successful lawyer, a politician, a writer, that is. Not you being a damn adulterer. She literally. She's not actually talking about Anthony Ramos's father, of course. She's talking about Alexander Hamilton uh, because Anthony Ramos played Alexander Hamilton's son in the original Broadway cast. Like this man looks like a damn amphibian. He looks like and along with these videos, Ramos's name also trended on Twitter, with most commentators questioning how he could dare to cheat on Miss Jasmine, which, again, fair. I think my favorite moment in this saga was when it went inter-platform. So after the TikTok has gone viral, but before the, you know, PR-approved press announcement in People, there was a moment where people were watching both Jasmine Safis jones and her father... Um, actor Ron Safis Jones, uh, checking out their Instagram posts and they both appeared to have deleted their birthday posts to Anthony. <gasps> I love that. <laughs> Messy. I love mess. Celebrities cheating on their partners does seem pretty much par for the course. But we do need to talk about why this particular instance has been so newsy. Enter stage left, the wife guy. Wife guys are the type of man who are endlessly... To the point of seeming disingenuine, obsessed with loving their wives, very vocally loving their wives. Yeah, yeah. One of the classic examples of a wife guy, perhaps the definer of the genre, is the curvy wife guy, a.k.a. Robbie Tripp, a.k.a. Madison's favorite person in the world, who went viral for this long-ass Instagram post talking about how much he loves his not skinny wife. His conventionally attractive wife. And that's what the internet picked up on. He was roundly made fun of at the time. We actually got into this recently in a slate piece, but I discussed both Anthony Ramos and Curvy Wife Guy with a few colleagues. We'll include a link in the show notes. But Madison, you have some personal experience with Curvy Wife Guy. (laughs) Yeah, I've been on the Wife Guy beat for years now, and I several years ago now, 
Woke up to an email, the subject line of which was like, opportunity of a lifetime. It was Robbie Tripp, curvy wife guy wanting to get coffee. We did. And I wrote a piece about it. And he he did not like the piece I wrote about it. (laughs) So what exactly do you think makes wife guys so annoying? I think the best wife guy to use here as an example is, in fact, not curvy wife guy, but instead cliff wife guy. Oh. Oh. Are you familiar? I am. But for our listeners who aren't, A, I love that your brain is free from this. But B, Madison, can you explain what Cliff Wife Guy is? Sure. Cliff Wife Guy, I think this was like 2019. It's a guy named Sean McBride. He's at Sean Doris. He's been like a longtime internet influencer type across many platforms. Posts this insanely dramatic video <laughs> where his wife, Jenny, falls off a quote-unquote cliff in Hawaii. And they're like, it's a near-death experience. And they film the whole thing. First of all, everyone's fine, so we can be having this conversation. But mm-hmm. it was yeah. so insanely dramatic, so cloud-grabby really very gross and all rooted in this like I just love my wife so much and live every day to the fullest and like this really changes how you see the world it was so gross I mean I think you get an important part of the wife guy trope which is that in shouting out their love for their wife they also somehow manage to either neg their wife or display their most embarrassing moments do you have a favorite wife guy like a good one or a bad one I mean, there are no good wife guys, but like... No, there are. There are good wife guys. I think that's important for this discussion. There are good wife guys. The higher you rise in kind of transcending the genre of bad wife guy, the further you have to fall, which is why we're all looking at one Mr. Joshua Jackson and making sure he does not embarrass (laughs) my girl, Jodie Turner-Smith, because the moment he does, we ride at dawn. We are picking up our weapons. We are defending her honor. But he's an example of a good one because I think that he... His love for his wife is self-effacing. It's not about him. It's like, look at this hot woman who happened to love me. Am I not so lucky? I don't know. I I might have to disagree with you that there are good wife guys out there. Oh, a hot take. Look, you married her. Of course you love her. You're supposed to love her, my guy. Like, that's that's the deal. The more they tell us about how much they love their wives, the more we get suspicious. Like, wife guides doth protest too much. I think that's accurate, which is why I think that the good wife guy manages to find the razor's edge of not posting too much about his wife. Because it is true. Once you doth protest too much, we all get suspicious. And if there's anything we've learned is that the internet loves nothing more than suspicion. That's true. There is nothing that the internet likes more than suspicion. And frankly, that's what ties every single man we've talked about thus far on the show today together. Just think about what happened a few months ago with our uh, our good friend, Couch Guy, who, if you don't recall, uh, went viral against his wishes in a video of him sitting on a couch next to a few women when his girlfriend walks in to surprise him. And all hell broke loose. TikTok went crazy dissecting this video and just slowing it down frame by frame and trying to reveal this man as a cheater, which didn't work. It didn't work. And you all need help. And you know where you can find that help? A nice episode of ICYMI entitled TikTok's Couch Guy is not your friend. But since Couch Guy happened, TikTok has not stopped overanalyzing relationships because they haven't listened to our podcast. 
I will say, I also fall into this trap. And by fall into this trap, I mean TikTok has deduced that I want videos about this shit. I feel like every other video on my FYP lately is about somebody else's relationship. It's either a happy couple, which shaking, crying, throwing up, or it's this video that has like 4 million views and it looks completely innocuous. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out why this has so many views and why it's on my FYP. And then I look at the comments and it's just a bunch of people playing relationship forensic investigator. Like they are bones, but for relationships on TikTok. So this TikTok is set to California Girls by Katy Perry. And it's part of this trend where at the beginning of the video, one of the people in the relationship, like, they pull generally the guy into the screen and he looks like, I don't want to be here. And then, then he does this dance like, yay, I'm here. You brought me here and I'm happy to be in this relationship with you. But the caption reads, when your boyfriend won't do the dance with you, but his roommate will. So you look at this video and you're like, oh, what a cute couple. And then you look at the caption and you're like, oh. And in the background, it's clearly a college dorm. Her boyfriend, he's laying on the bunk bed, looking at his phone, not paying attention in any way, shape, or form. And everyone in the comments is just like, girl, his friends are waiting in the wings. Like, girl, get out. He does not like you. And I saw this and was just like, I'm sorry. Didn't we just do this? (laughs) I'm going to suspend my disbelief for a minute and pretend that those videos you just described to me are real. I'm on the record and will die on this hill that they are not. But (laughs) if they are real, I just find myself again shouting into the void like, we don't know these people. It's the Mm -hmm. same thought I had watching that TikTok of Anthony Ramos in the strip club with a woman who was not his fiance. We don't know what what their relationship was like, what the terms of it were like, what the conditions of it were like. This might have been totally normal. We don't know how they've negotiated their relationship. And the fact that they split up afterwards could have nothing to do with this video. Of course, it also could. But it's just, again, we don't know these people. They're not our friends. We were not in the strip club. I'm shocked that we've managed to make it this long into this episode without mentioning (laughs) parasocial relationships. I was really, really trying not to say it. But, like, that's what we're describing, especially in regards to Anthony Ramos and Jasmine Safest-Jones, because they're actual celebrities. People on TikTok are attempting to accumulate celebrity, but Ramos and Safest-Jones are actually legitimately stars, which means that people have even more of an investment in their relationship than they should. I mean, celebrity is but an invitation to poke and prod at relationships you're not a part of. And in some ways, that's what the wife guy invites. The wife guy, by shoving his relationship in our face, invites us to scrutinize it. It's not my fault that it's fun to be nosy online. (laughs) We made entire jobs out of being voyeurs online. That's true. And frankly, the more details you can find in those voyeuristic online investigations, the more invested people on a platform like TikTok get in you because... Being on TikTok and having an inside scoop means eyeballs, clicks, views. But specifically on TikTok that I think that other platforms have yet to really capitalize on. I mean, you mentioned Dumois, but TikTok really seems to manage to have like a breaking scoop that you can only get on that platform 
every so often and it just invites people to get even more invested because if maybe you keep scrolling through your FYP or through the tag, you might find a stripper from a club randomly posting a video of your favorite celebrity allegedly cheating on his fiance. You might. And while watching it, you might also keep in mind that there are real people on the other side of those investigations. And uh, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, it might be better if we minded our damn business and also stop aggressively posting about how much we love our wives. I love you, podcast wife. I love you, podcast wife. (laughs) And now that we're uh, wifed out, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, as promised, we will, in fact, be unwrapping our 2021 Spotify wraps. It will be embarrassing. Stay tuned. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together and we were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. All right, we are back, and I am ready to roast Madison, who I know for fucking sure has Broadway in her top five genres of the year. Am I wrong, Madison? Tell me I'm wrong. It was, in fact... My number one genre. Oh, I was going to give you some credit and say maybe Taylor Swift edged out and gave you like, I don't know, pop. What is what, what is her genre technically? Whatever her genre is at the top. Like we mentioned, Spotify Wrapped released earlier this week. Again, thank you to all the ICYMI guys who had us as their top podcast of the year over on Spotify. We're so glad y'all are listening. Keep sending us your screenshots, podcast listens, embarrassing songs you like. Even your bops and your bangers. I love new music. I feel like I've been in a musical rut lately. Speaking of, it's time to unwrap Madison's. What what did you do this year? What oh. hell did you <laughs> rink? <laughs> Unsurprisingly, you know, top three artists, Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodrigo, Brandy mm-hmm. Carlisle. Wow. I'm gay. I'm angsty. I'm sad. Madison, was there anyone on your Spotify rap that surprised you? Okay, so uh, <laughs> you'll note I did not tweet or post any pictures of mine because I was actually yeah. very embarrassed about this, but TikTok broke my Spotify wrapped. What do you mean? Okay, so there was a brief, let's say two-week period during this year where I was trapped on like ironic Christian worship talk. Okay. And so there was this trend sort of ex-Christians mocking being at worship services. And the song that came with it is this song called Free To Be Me. The chorus goes like, got a couple dents in my fender, got a couple rips in my jeans. Cause I got a couple dents in my fender, got a couple rips in my jeans. Try to fit the pieces together. It is so catchy, I probably listened to it 200 times in a week. So was that your number one song of the year? It's my number five song of the year. What's number one? It all fades away. But when all is said and done, well, it all fades away. But you. What? I don't even know. What, what is that? Is that a Broadway song? Is that a musical? 
It's from a Broadway musical by Jason Robert mm-hmm. Brown called Bridges of Madison County. Not Madison County. <laughs> uh, Madison, every single episode, I just think there's no way she can get more on brand. And then you do. And I love that for you. You are yourself. I have one last detail to contribute, and that it yes. is not, in fact, the It All Fades Away from the Broadway cast recording, but instead a cover by Jennifer Nettles and Brandy Carlisle. Oh my God. Wow. Like I said, I'm sad, I'm gay, I'm angsty. I am who I am. TikTok broke my Spotify unwrapped. Tell me your number one track of the year. Okay, I gotta say my Spotify rap just confirmed that I have great taste in music. I was just like, you know what? Bops, bangers, vibes. So my number one artist, honestly, surprisingly, was Beyonce in that I don't think I ever actively, not I don't ever, but I don't think that I often actively choose to listen to Beyonce, but I do think that she makes her way into a lot of my playlists. Um, my number one song, though, was Right Words, Wrong Time by Carly Rae Jepsen. I think her best song, although Warm Blood is really up there for me, like, it's just such a vibe. Okay, uh, so Spotify wrapped this year had sort of a dumb but enjoyable thing where it gave us aura readings. Oh my God, mine is- Based on the musical list too. What was yours? I love mine so much. So mine was, I love mine because it is, again, Spotify, take all my data. Mine was confident and angst. Mine said that I was wistful and focused. What? Moving on. Rachel, I'm begging. Please tell me there was something embarrassing about you on your Spotify wrapped. I mean, I'm sorry, Madison, but my taste in music is like, I think the most embarrassing thing is that the number five song is still into you by Paramore, but that's just a good song. Okay, great. Here's where I reveal (laughs) that my number three genre was Lilith. I'm just going to go walk into the sea now. Your genre was Lilith? What does that even mean? (laughs) I didn't know Lilith was a genre. <laughs> That's because you're straight. Oh, like Lilith Fair? Is that yeah, what Yeah, now, oh, now we're talking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I know what to get you for Christmas. It's tickets to Lilith Fair. You're many years too late. Okay, that's the show. We will be back in your feed on Wednesday, so definitely subscribe. Our show is free, and that's the best way to make sure that you never miss an episode. Also consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or telling your friends about us. Follow us on Twitter. We're at ICYMI underscore pod, which is also where you can tag us when you tell us how many minutes you spent listening to ICYMI this year. I think the uh, the current front runner is something like 1,600 minutes. You can also always email us. We're ICYMI at slate.com. I Say Why Am I is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. We're edited by Forrest Wickman and Allegra Frank. And Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcast. See you online. Or at a strip club. I think this is the most I've oppressed Madison in our entire relationship <laughs> together. <laughs> tickets to Lilith Fair. That's like me saying I'm going to get you tickets to Warp Tour, Rachel. Okay, that, yeah, you know. <laughs>